Welcome to Malicious Mamas, a podcast dedicated to an all-female perspective on lore, legends, and the creatures of the insomnia-driven fears you have at 3 a.m. I am your host, Nikki Mandiola. If this show started up again without doing an episode dedicated to Japanese folklore, it might cause for concern. So naturally, to prevent anyone from losing sleep over it, this week's mama slides in to save the day. Every time I run into a topic I like during mama scouting, at least that's what I call it, I save it with the hopes it will make for a good episode at a later date. I kept running into this yokai while looking up Japanese creatures, but I wasn't truly inspired to do an episode until she unexpectedly appeared in a drama I was watching last week. Let me tell you, seeing a visual representation of her image, unprompted, really gave me a good scare, so I knew she would fit right in for the show. With that, let's get down to it, yeah? This week's topic is Rokuro Kubi, the Rubber-Necked Woman. Like I mentioned before, Rokuro Kubi is classified as a yokai, which essentially means she is a representation of a spirit, monster, or demon in Japanese folklore. It's possible that her name was derived from Rokuro, a word referring to a water well's pulley or an umbrella, both known for their ability to stretch. As a woman with the ability to stretch her neck to unimaginable lengths, a Rokurokubi looks remarkably human during the daylight hours. In fact, this creature was completely human until transformed by this curse. Actually, a woman may not know she is a Rokurokubi, as all of her nefarious activity happens during the night while she sleeps. Leading normal lives as humans, origin tales insisted these women could be found working as barmaids or in brothels. The reasoning behind a Rokurokubi not learning she was cursed stems from an early representation of this creature. Nukekubi, often referred to as the cousin of a Rokurokubi, had the ability to operate completely sans head. Of course, this activity again happened only during the night while she slept. Unconscious, a Nukekubi's head would wander to different rooms in a home or to a different house altogether, and took up the habit of licking the oil out of lamps. Just this thought is incredibly creepy to me. Apparently the act looked relatively similar to what a cat would do, so imagine being awoken by a sound thinking it was your cat lapping something up, but instead seeing a disembodied head. Creeped out with me now? Anyway, there was a way to get rid of a Nukekubi granted that you were willing to work with a sleeping, headless body. Moving the rest of a Nukekubi to a different location would result in its head being unable to locate its proper resting place by the morning. While this creature carried its own share of tales, a Rukurukubi was born out of people misinterpreting depictions of Nukekubi. Visual representations often painted Nukekubi as having a string attached from her body to her head. This led to people falsely believing she actually had an elongated neck. Thus, Rokurokubi took over the folklore scene. Still enjoying that lamp oil snack, 
Rokuokubi had pretty innocent origins by only desiring to satiate her craving. In a tale backing up this claim, we find a nobleman who suspects something is up when oil from his lamps keeps vanishing at an astounding rate. Believing he had a Rokuokubi in his mitts, the man concluded that one of his servants was to blame. He decided to spy on a particularly suspicious pale-faced girl while she slept to see if her head took a journey in the night. While watching the servant, one of two things could have happened. In the first version, the man straight up saw the girl's neck elongate. At one point, she turns over in her sleep and her neck returns to normal. In another version, the man watched as a cloud of vapor surrounded the girl's chest and neck while her head seemed to rise unnaturally above the smoke. When she turned over, only her body moved while her head remained, proving that her neck kept the two entities far apart. The next morning, the servant was fired with no explanation. Unsure of what she did to anger her employer, the girl continued to remain clueless while she looked for more work. After this, she was unable to hold down any other job for long, presumably because employers found out about her nighttime activities. No one, however, bothered to let the girl in on the truth of what they witnessed. While this early depiction showed that Rakurakubi was harmless, the Edo period brought forth a more malicious description. Rakurakubi became more monster-like, often accused of eating humans. Also, with this Edo period makeover, Rakurakubi developed a reasoning behind her monster transformation. Turning into this neck-stretching creature was no fault of the woman herself. In fact, her suffering was the result of crimes committed by either her father or her husband. You know, because that sounds fair. In another tale showcasing this particular belief, a monk fell in love with a woman named Oyotsu, and the pair eloped. During their travels, Oyotsu became gravely ill. Realizing that it would take too much of their funds to treat her, the monk decided to kill his wife. Cool, sounds like a reasonable, normal guy. Afterward, the monk traveled to an inn where he met the beautiful daughter of the inn's owner. Attracted to each other, the pair spent the night together. It was during these dark hours that the monk had a strange experience. While she slept, the monk watched as the woman's neck stretched from her body and her head transformed into that of his deceased wife. Oyotsu, or at least the creature that resembled her, rightfully accused the monk of murder. When morning came, the monk, full of regret, confessed everything to the inn's owner. Instead of lashing out at the man for sleeping with his daughter or being disgusted by his crime, the inn's owner actually confessed something himself. He too had murdered his wife over money, taking his savings to open up the inn. Karma had swiftly punished him in the form of his daughter, who was now cursed to live as a Rokurokubi. 
With this knowledge, the monk quickly rejoined the monastery and built a grave for Ayutsu. There, he prayed for her soul every day. Another creature of Japanese folklore checked off this show's ever-growing list. Rakuo Kubi's presence was rumored to be created for sheer entertainment purposes, so hopefully her legend entertained you during this episode. With that, let's come to an end. If you have any suggestions on mamas you'd like me to cover, or a spooky tale to share, please send an email to maliciousmamas at gmail.com. If you're looking for more mamas in your life, follow Malicious Mamas on both Instagram and Twitter. Also, if you could rate, comment, and subscribe to Malicious Mamas on your favorite podcast app, it would really help to get the show out there, and I would greatly appreciate the feedback. Until next time, keep it real, mamas.